Welcome to the Full Out Podcast, where you'll get tools, tips, and inspiration to start living your most passionate, expansive, and abundant life. I'm your host, Samantha Jo Harvey, professional dancer and group fitness trainer turned lifestyle entrepreneur, speaker, and women's empowerment coach. It is my mission to help women live their lives full out. No more surviving your days, playing small, or marking your way through life. It's time to let go of your blocks, step into your power, and own that you are worthy of having everything you want in your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back, Queen. You are listening to the Full Out Podcast and it's Sam, your host. I'm so happy you're here today because we have my friend KJ Nasrul, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist as well as a Red Cross instructor in disaster response mental health and psychological first aid. I mean, whoa. And if 2020 has not provided you some disasters and some need for some mental health, Y'all, I don't know where you've been living, but can I have a little bit of that? So I just love this conversation because we touch on so many different things. We touch on mental health. We touch on resilience. We touch on KJ's background, how she got into uh, the field that she is in. And then we finish the podcast with a question answer session, which are all questions that you sent in on my Instagram. So these are personal, real, legit questions from you. So A, thank you so much for those of you that sent questions in. B, make sure you listen to the end because she gives some really great advice and I also weigh in on my personal thoughts. So you get the licensed therapist as well as myself as a woman who's experienced all the things and is a coach. So listen up, listen in, and be sure to share this podcast with your friends if you find it valuable. Enjoy. Oh, right. We are here with KJ. KJ, girlfriend, I'm so happy you're here. I know I say that to like everyone, but it's really true. I think that you are just amazing and so gifted. And I know there's so much good stuff that I want to jump into today. But first, I want people to know just a little bit about your background. You have this amazing resume and you're doing such amazing work. Can you share with us the bullet points of who is KJ and, and where are you today? What makes you you? Ooh. Oh, that's so exciting. Thank you for having me here. I love chatting with you. This could be, this could be my, my daytime career. This, I, I love chatting with wonderful, lovely, exciting people like you. So thank you for having me, Sam. Um, okay, so bullet points. This is always tricky for me because I tend to be a chatty girl. So let me see if I can give you a summary. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have been now for nearly... Um, Oh my gosh, we're going on 10, 11 years now. And I, I was always interested in listening to people. Um, even while growing up, I found that whenever I was quiet and, and observational in the background, um, really interesting things would occur. And it would be people in their natural environments just, um, why, why do they decide to do that? Or, or, or why, why are groups and why are my friends and groups acting a particular way? So there was, it always started with just an observation and noticing that, that people and humans are really interesting. So I think I was just always drawn to um, knowing a little bit more about, about human behavior. Um, 
I was a peer counselor when I was in uh, junior high, nominated by a teacher uh, who, who said that she observed me listening to other students. And so that was kind of my first dry run of being like a therapist. And I was like 12 years old. And <laughs> I was just like, hey, so there's actually like jobs in which there's like people will pay me to listen and talk to you about, about what's going on in your day. And so that just always stood with me. Um, so I think I was always on that, on that trajectory. On the side though, um, and I will probably get into this at another point, but I also, I'm, I like to write, I'm a musician. And so I found that there was something really exciting about combining combining the things that I like to do artistically along with, hey, can we have some interesting conversations? And, and wow, isn't that interesting how after we've talked and maybe we've done a little music or some art, I feel better. We feel better at the end of it. Um, and so that's sort of the therapy piece. Um, and then I one day was <laughs> unemployed. Um, I can't remember in between which jobs. I've had about 200 jobs. Um, so it was somewhere between job 144 and 145 that I found myself unemployed. But um, Red Cross was looking for instructors for disaster mental health. And I was just like, what the flip is disaster mental health? It sounds a little frightening. Um, the, the mental health of the disaster, Who, whose mental health? And so long story short, um, I actually would be um, flown out to where natural disasters occurred. Um, tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes, floods. And I would speak with the people who've been impacted by the natural disasters in the field. And what it turned out to be is how do we cope? How do we cope as human beings when crises come up and things that are bigger than we can ever understand? Yes, there are personal, interpersonal tragedies and, and disasters, but then there's something on a global scale, similarly to what we're experiencing now, um, that really nobody knows how to deal with. How do I handle the fact that there was an earthquake that knocked down all the buildings around my city? Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's, it sort of led me to a whole new world. And I became an instructor in disaster mental health in which I, I train other, um, other therapists and even doctors how to do um, psych first aid, which we'll probably talk a little bit about later, um, psychological first aid, um, which is exactly how that sounds. It's the mental health and the emotional components of first aid. How do, what do I address first when there's been a, a crisis? So. Wow, KJ, OMG. I mean, I'm so excited you're here today because I, I know that you're going to bring so much value. So you, you said this phrase, how do we cope? Can yeah. we talk about, let's just honor that we're in the shit storm of craziness right now and yeah. everyone's dealing with it in different ways, but how are you personally coping with the world of 2020? <laughs> Oh, I love this question. And at the same time, it is a big question. Um, I found that it was so helpful to return to comforts and familiarity that I already knew. And I may have forgotten it in the humdrum and in all of the, the bustle of, of daily life pre-COVID. But then when we were asked basically to stand still, 
not leave our houses for some, you know, for a foreseeable amount of time. Um, I found myself turning inward and I found myself relying on things that I knew already brought me comfort. So I thought then I should do more of that. Um, so for instance, like everything is a little bit out of control. There's, there's things that we can't control obviously. And there's, this is a, such a big global scale, but what I can control is, am I getting enough sleep at night? Am I drinking enough water? Am I hydrated? Do I have some nutritional food in the fridge? Um, it literally was a walk back and a return to basics. And so I coped by making notes on what I already had. And so what also came with that was some gratitude um, of, well, thank God I, I have a roof over my head. Um, I have, for the most part, really um, healthy family members. I have, um, I have a job. I am still actually working. I'm, I'm considered an essential worker right now. Um, so I am able to, to see that I am incredibly, incredibly fortunate that I have, um, work. I have, I have wonderful things at my disposal. Um, and what's also really helped is a morning routine, a routine to structure the day. Um, it'd be really easy to, I don't know, stay in my pajamas all day and and just roll from one side of the bed to the other to see whatever's closest to the chocolate available. Um, or, you know, I could get out of bed, make the bed, see what the day has in store for me, see what I can be a part of. And so that became, um, that became just as important. That's how I coped. I said, okay, no, I will be out of bed by this time. These are the two things I'll need to do before, you know, before I even turn on my laptop computer for work. And those two things tend to be something along the lines of meditation and um, um, some gratitude. So uh, gratitude journaling, or even if it's a friend of ours, Aaliyah taught me this, even if it's I can choose on my five fingers something to be grateful for. If I can find five things to be grateful for, um, then I can start my day. And that's beautiful. Now I want to ask you something because people ask me this all the time. They're like, Sam, but you show up on social media so positive and you've done all this personal work and you do all those things. So you must not suffer with any sort of, of mental distress. You must not suffer from anxiety or getting overwhelmed or stress or any of these things. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Like I know for me that, yeah, I still, I don't want to say battle because that sounds like it's very intense, but I still navigate every single emotion. And I'm curious for you, KJ, as someone that is a licensed therapist and someone that has all of this training, do you still find that you have to navigate bad days? Mm. Oh, great question. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, but quite honestly, because because I'm able to identify wonderful things that balance out the challenges, it's not as bad as it has been in the past. So I have a history of depression and anxiety, and, and some might think that a time like this would only exacerbate it, even trigger it, bring it back up. And in some ways it has, and in other ways it's just a chance for me to be like, oh, but look how far I've come. 
look at how I'm reacting today versus how I may have reacted maybe 10 years ago um, mm-hmm. with a situation. And so there, again, it's about, about recognizing and being grateful for the, the um, great things that have happened, the good things. Um, the, the mornings where I do very rarely, but when I do wake up and I'm just not feeling good, it's not, it's not feel I'm exhausted or it's just not feeling like it's my day. Um, I'm especially tender. I'm especially um, kind to myself. So I will maybe then allow myself, give myself the grace to maybe not get out of bed at seven, but why don't I give myself until 7.15? And it doesn't have to be this huge thing. I don't need to while away the whole day, but 15 minutes of just... um, a shift. Maybe it's reading, reading, um, reading and reciting mantras out loud. Um, again, it's maybe doing more than five gratitude um, points. It's 10 today, you know, it's just giving the grace of a little more space. And, and it's also knowing that I will get to the other side of it. I have no doubt that, um, that there's something really wonderful about the lesson um, the lesson, there's a lesson in this. There's something that I get to learn from this. If I'm feeling bad today, what maybe, why, what, what's that about? And it's an opportunity to sort of, um, pause and then do a little investigative work, but it doesn't have to be this huge thing. Yeah. I love that. It, you, you talk about the pause, the getting curious, the giving your, yourself grace and time. I love all of that. And I think it's so valuable and, and so good. So you talk a lot about resilience and creativity and femininity. And I would just love for you to share what that all means and how it comes together for you in your work or for you as a woman. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's such a rich question. Ooh, that's juicy. (sighs) Okay. Um, I see creativity, expression, um, and femininity as actually the same. Uh, And so, how do I say this without going like super twisty dark? (laughs) There were some times when I was actually really ashamed of expressing any of that. Um, expressing my femininity, um, being expressive at all. Um, I grew up in a, in a household where it was really meant, uh, you don't talk about emotions, you, uh, anything that's beyond what should be basics and structure, anything that if, if I would go outside of that, then that was considered airy-fairy and therefore not desirable um, and not credible. And I so very badly wanted to be credible and approved of. And so then I learned that maybe I shouldn't be too feminine or be too creative or be too expressive. If I would just stay within the box, it would be, um, it would be to everybody's benefit. But after oh so many years, and certainly in my teenage and young adult years, I realized that that was actually lending to my depression by not expressing my full human um, array of emotions and all my facets. And so I, 
I would say that the moment that I discovered that I have um, I have these gifts and I have these skills of of words and music and expression that that is a form of resilience by me dropping into it and actually insisting no I need I need to be aligned with that I need to show that um, that was my key that was that was how I could bounce back and so it all came together resiliency creativity expression of it all is is my purpose it is it is an expression of who i am as as a feminine um as a feminine leader as a communicator as um as any role that i am sister partner daughter um uh, uh boss it's it's everywhere it extends to everything it's intrinsic it's the foundation and so by denying it i just didn't feel whole but by expressing it and welcoming it, suddenly I felt like this is this is truly this is authentic. This is congruent. This is this is how we're supposed to operate. Oh yes, yes, juicy, yes, all the things. I resonate with this on so many levels because you know I I did find myself in that relationship where I I closed off everything. I closed off everything: the creativity, the femininity, the the, the true alignment of my authentic self and my weirdness and my quirkiness and every, yes. every facet of me, I was just trying to fit in that box of like, let me be a good wife because this yes. is what you're supposed to do as a woman. Yes. And I think that a lot of women experience this. They either find themselves currently in that space of like, I'm not happy, but I can't really figure out why. And generally I feel like this is the key to, to some of that is, is, what does make you come alive? What does feed your femininity? What feeds your creativity? What, what makes you feel like you? Um, and then I know that a lot of women have moved through that and are on their journey through that. And, and that is that resilience of, of being in a space that maybe wasn't working, but then choosing mm -hmm. to honor yes. the goddess, the queen, the woman, the human, the being that they are yes. and, and choosing differently so that they can live life full out. And, yeah. and I just Please. love that you share that because I, I just resonate with that so much. And yeah, I think that there's just something so special about a woman who is unapologetic about who she is and what she wants. And I think that we, we are in a time where old paradigms are falling away and mm -hmm. so many voices and, and women are rising and really owning what works for them and what doesn't. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. I love that you also highlight it. It is, it's a choice. It's an intention. It's intentionally a choice. I can choose to, um, I can choose to continue along this path, but knowing that I'm, my body isn't feeling good about it. I don't feel whole about it. Or I could opt to explore what this other side is, what, what hasn't been explored before that choice. It's, it's, it's life-changing. Mm. Do you have, because we are going to get into a question answer section in just a second, but I wanted to ask you first, do you have any words of wisdom or any advice for people currently given the state of the world? And yeah, do you just have any advice for women specifically right now, given, given the craziness that we're in? Hmm. 
similarly to, to a previous question we talked about, I think some of it is about taking, taking a moment to take stock. Um, please allow yourself a pause. Please allow yourself the grace to, to turn inward and, and ask yourself, how am I truly feeling about, about what's going on right now? Um, and to, again, take note of what is actually going really well. I know it's really, really easy to pick out the things that aren't going well or the things that are really stressful. But why don't we first talk about the fact that you got out of bed somehow this morning, right? You, um, if you're a parent, if you're a mom, let's just stop right there and talk about and celebrate the fact that you are a mom. (laughs) You have given birth to human beings. There is something really, really incredible, and that's a list right there of all of your resilient qualities um, right then and there. Um, Start with what you already know is true. And if the question comes up of, well, I don't know if it is true, well, then that's why I say, again, take the moment, take the pause, even if it's four to five minutes, and ask yourself, what do I have in front of me? Is this re- Is this true? Is this, is this the situation that I think it is? Um, and we often find ourselves if we just have a moment of of, of introspection and um, and whether it's through journaling or meditation or um, taking a walk, stepping outside from a situation, um, and that's actually one of the one of the. One of the main components of psych first aid is to first stop, first stop and just take stock of your surroundings. Take a moment, have a drink of water, do the things that are your very basic necessities, which is breathing, drinking some water, making sure that there's some sort of shelter that you're safe in the moment. And then if you've got those first three things, you're good to go. You are good to go. So... I love that. That's awesome. Well, I want to get into our question answer, and these are not necessarily rapid fire, but we'll we'll dive into a couple of these. Um, so, I'm going to start with this first one. I don't know if any of these are going to be easy, but we'll start out. I want you to give your thoughts. I might, if I have thoughts, I'll jump in. So, first cool. question is: Are a lot more people depressed due to the pandemic, or do you feel like it's the same? Hmm. That's a lovely question. Um, I couldn't tell you statistically what that is, but I can tell you what I've seen in my own work and my own experience in that it's not necessary that there's more depression. It's that there's more awareness and there's more of, um, shedding the light on and revealing that in fact, actually so many people have been struggling with, with depression or anxiety. And then this is essentially, I call this a really revealing time. This is basically revealed that this has been in play for a long time. So maybe more people know about it, not necessarily that there's actually statistically more. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally, I mean, I don't know about the depression side of it. However, what I'm finding in 
the coaching space is that whether it's a financial issue or a relationship issue or a self-esteem issue or these random things that have always been there, but this is the magnifying glass. This yes. is the like, hello, okay, here is what has been an underlying problem. It's not the pandemic that's the problem. It's that we've been so busy that we haven't either taken the time, given ourselves the time, or we just haven't had a reason to really magnify the issue. And so now everything else has fallen away that these things are coming up to the surface. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I can totally see that. Mm -hmm. Question. Um, how do you get registered as a mental health first aider? <laughs> That's such a cool question. Okay. So there's a, a number of different ways. I specifically have moved through the Red Cross. And so what you might want to do is first start with Red Cross and see what you'll need to do is first take a course, which is called mental health uh, or it's psychological first aid, um, PFA. And um, take a course. And then once you take that course and a couple other uh, foundational courses, then, um, then, you'll, then you'll be certified and then you can choose whether or not, um, well, this is where it's really exciting. You can choose to be an instructor and or you can um, decide to be put on the active duty list in which you're called out to natural disasters or, or, or um, to events in which they'll need um, mental health first aiding. So. Incredible. That's incredible. This is going to be a question that I think has probably more to do with your licensed marriage and family therapist background, but um, I get this question constantly. And I think that uh, this is through my Instagram. And I think that people or women specifically feel comfortable asking me this because they know that I've been through it, but I get this question all the time. They go, Sam, and now they're going to go KJ. How do I know if I should leave this relationship or not? And I know what advice I give, but I would love to hear from you, KJ, as a licensed therapist, what do you say to that? Oh, that is such a tender tender and, and, and deep, deep questions. So some of it is what I tend to do is if someone maybe calls me up for a consultation or if I'm already seeing a client and they come up and say, you know what, this is what's been going on. This is what I'm thinking. I tend to explore with where they are why are you thinking that? How long have you been thinking that? So I, I move more into the behind the scenes as to why the questions came up in the first place. If the questions are coming up, that means something must have prompted them, whether it was an event, whether it was, um, I mean, it could be something very small and it could be something really, really big. So it, it really comes down to case by case. And I tend to first start with, well, why do you ask that question? Why do you, this is going to sound super therapisty and I apologize for do that, it. but I'm going to be like, well, why do you think, why do you think you needed to come to me today to ask that question? What's going on right now for you that this is a question that's even on the table? Um, have you tried to, have you, have you looked into it? Have you journaled? Have you spoken with somebody about it already? Um, how long has this how long has this been a thought in your, in your realm? And um, so I, I try to unpackage and, de and, and sort of deconstruct it case by case. 
Um, but a big piece of it for me, at least the way that I work is trying to figure out what prompted there. There's usually a triggering or a prompting event that, that takes it from a thought to actually verbalizing it out loud to a witness. And so I'm curious about what got you from point A to point B. Mm, that's a beautiful response. And that's why you are the licensed therapist and I am not. <laughs> so I want to throw in what, um, how I normally respond to this. And, mm. and I will say, y'all know I am not a licensed therapist. So you cannot take any of my advice and blame me for it. But <laughs> I did the same thing when I was in my relationship and felt, oh, like shit was hitting the fan. Like it was wow. nobody's business. Like it, it clearly needed to end, but I was not ready to walk away. I was not ready to end it. So I started reaching out for validation. I needed mm. validation from someone else to say, Sam, it's okay to feel that way. Or Sam, you're right. And I called a friend who was a former Rockette. I know that she had been through a very similar relationship with a very similar type of man. And she gave me the best piece of advice. And this is what I share with other people. And she goes, Sam, I can't tell you what to do, but you already know the answer. Yeah. And that hit me so hard. And she said, you know what? It might take you a month to come to the realization. It might take you a year to come to the realization, but you already know what it is that you need to do. So listen to yourself. And it took me eight more months after that conversation to actually leave. And, and it was the perfect amount of time for what I needed. It was exactly the way that it needed to happen. But I always give that advice. I say, you already know. You already know whatever it is. And I encourage you to get support, get the therapist journal, you know, do all the things to support yeah. you in finding your truth. But yeah. ultimately your intuition is strong and is key. Yeah, no, you absolutely said, said exactly what I did to be quite honest. I just had said, what I'll do is I'll ask you a number of questions and what tends to happen is they realize with the questioning, they already knew. Mm. And so. isn't that the truth? We already know everything for every area of our life. We already know it's, yes. it's, it's up to trust. It's trusting ourselves it's and trusting trust. our intuition. Absolutely. And that's another whole issue too, especially for women, yeah. not trusting, even though we've been given this God given talent of intuition, why would we not follow that? I, I yeah, but sometimes we need someone to guide us in the questioning of it for us to be like, all right, Right. I did know that. I knew you were yes. going to say that. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Here's another question for you, KJ. What do you do to heal when you've literally tried and done everything like books, self-care, medication, talking with loved, loved ones, feeling all the feelings, literally everything. How do you cope and when will it get better? Because it's been a long ass time and I'm tired <laughs> of feeling this way. I hope this makes sense. It makes total sense. And kudos to you, uh, whoever asked this question. It's a great question. And I'm going to hearken back actually to what Sam and I were just talking about. You already gave spectacular suggestions for healing, journaling, talking about it, um, questioning it. Um, 
all the way down to, this is where my, my psych first aid is going to come into. I go back always to basics. Let's see what your body is telling you. Um, have you paused today to see if you've had enough water to drink? Did you eat anything today? Let's go back to our very, very basics. What's your nutrition like right now? Um, let's look at ourselves as a whole woman. So yes, we have these emotions and they're big, big fucking emotions. I get that. So, but is our physical vessel also ready to hold it as well? So there's a lot of healing that needs to happen when we're grieving, when we're moving through process, when we're not feeling very good. So I love already that the, the um, answers have already been given to us. And so my encouragement would to be, think of yourself, think of this, this as a whole. So we've got the physical, we've got the emotional, we have the psychological. I would recommend doing one thing for each of those vessels. So for your physical, let's get some, let's make sure you're getting sleep. Let's make sure you're getting some water. Let's make sure you've got somewhere safe to, to be, to be okay. Um, and then, then we start doing the, okay, let's use some quiet time. Let's do some journaling. Let's take the Epsom salt baths. Let's get some exercise, um, how we can best tune and prepare our vessel to hold all of the healing that's happening and all of the work that you're going to be doing. So it's a whole big, whole big thing, but it's whole. Mm. It's whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that's what I love about coaching too, is that, you know, it's, it's one thing to do those things on your own. And it's a whole yeah. other thing to do that with the support of a coach or a trained and licensed therapist. And I think that one thing that's really important to say is if you are not jiving with your coach or your therapist, mm. find another one. Yes. Because yeah. I, I, I'm sure you have KJs and I have too. I've worked with therapists and I'm like, this is just not a good energetic match. Yes. It's not that they're bad or they just aren't good people, but this not just is not the right vibe for what I yeah. need. So I would highly encourage being your own advocate. Like clearly mm -hmm. you already know because you've tried these things, but yes. now you get to step up even more. And one mm -hmm. thing I like to ask my clients, cause I work specifically with high achieving, powerful women who just need that little added support. I ask mm -hmm. almost every single time in my clarity calls, are you ready to change? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us find comfort in being uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's very comfortable to know what this pain is and that that next step might just be terrifying, that 1% more terrifying. And so um, that is something I always ask every potential client is, are you really ready? Are yeah. you ready to change? And, that, and that's where coaching is different than therapy. So um, I would just say my, my biggest piece of advice is get that added support in whatever way, shape, or form feels like it resonates the best with you and Agreed. to keep, keep going. Just keep Agreed. going. Agreed. Knowing that you have work to do and that this is the process, you will be a bazillion times more successful when you've got your supportive crew with you. And that can include a coach, a therapist, your, your girls, your squad, um, get that in place because, and, and what Sam was, what you're saying is absolutely true. And it needs to be someone that you really do have a trusting, um, compatible relationship with that can hold you while you move through this. Um, because the best support and the best coaches and therapists are the ones that are with you unconditionally while you work through this. Um, and while, and, and to hold you while you do some of this deep inner, not comfortable work. Um, mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah. And, and then perfect, perfect example of, of just asking yourself if you really want this change. Are you ready for it? Do you want this change? So invest in making sure that you can make this change in a safe, um, sustainable way, which is in support. So yeah, yeah. Mm. Love okay, that. That was a great question. Mm-hmm. Katie, what, what are your favorite, what are your favorite forms of self-care right now? <sighs> okay. Um, I love taking walks um, right around sunset. And um, so I do bar method and I am starting to run again, which has been really interesting. So it's, it's physically getting out and moving. It feels so good afterwards. Um, and then also I love, I love baths. I don't, re- I realize I don't take them as often as I'd like to. It's usually showers, but why, why? I've got time. So I love baths um, and I love, I love, 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 um, I love listening, listening to, um, I, I really am enjoying right now, uh, sound bath healing. Um, so I'm really loving listening to that, um, as I journal and as I come into myself and do some, some, um, gratitude practice. Mm. So where, do, where do you listen to that? Where do you find that? Well, I, um, I have some friends that actually are sound bath, um, crystal, amazing crystal healers and so i have videos from them they sometimes go live on instagram um to perform so i i have recordings and videos and access um to that if i if i need to awesome that is so awesome i love it i i'm just so yes 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 one last question but before we get there where can people find you where can they learn more from you fill us in Well, right now, probably the best way is to start at Instagram. My website will is is under a little construction right now, so it'll be it'll be up soon. But you can find me at um, um, at musings on other, and and we can also have a fun conversation about what other other is too. That's a that's a another another episode. It's a whole other podcast, right? It is a whole a whole different podcast. Um, and then you can find me on my podcast, which will be hopefully releasing very soon. And that is called Stories of Astonishing Light. Right now I am on Spotify and Google Podcasts and hopefully will be up on Apple um, very soon. And, but I'll keep I'll keep you posted, Sam, when this is all live. I'm so excited. When the website's live. But the best place is probably to start at Instagram at Musings on Other. Musings on Other. I love it. Okay. So, KJ, final question. You know, in my world as a performer, we have two ways of performing. And one is marking and keeping it small and quiet and, and, you know, that survival kind of mode. And the other is dancing full out leaps, turns, jumps, all the thing, rhinestones, full red lips. KJ, if someone were to ask you in like a quick 15 second, 20 second elevator ride, how do I live my life full out? What would you say? Oh, you you said what I would say for me is literally all about the lipstick. It is literally about wearing the right shade of red lipstick and it's smiling and it's saying yes. It's saying yes to anything offered 
pretty much. Um, because as we talked about, there are so many options and possibilities and adventures when you just say yes. So say yes, say yes and wear that red lipstick. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.